Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Well, thanks for joining me again today as we continue our teaching series through the Heidelberg Catechism. Today we've arrived at an intriguing question. Are all people saved from the wrath of God? Well, no, not everyone is saved from the wrath of God. Only those who, by true faith, are grafted into Christ. And then there was a a follow-up question immediately after that, and I said, well, okay, well, if true faith is what unites you to Christ and, and frees you from the wrath of God, what is true faith? And so Lord's Day 7 looks at, you could say, the content of faith, And it says, well, true faith is believing the gospel, the content of the gospel. And that's important. It it means you understand the gospel. And it also means that you, you understand and you believe. You trust that this gospel is for you, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins personally. And at the very end of Lord's Day 7, there was an interesting question again. And the question was, okay, well, what does a Christian have to believe? The authors of the Catechism hadn't forgotten this this question they had asked already in Lord's Day 7, and they said, okay, well, what's the big deal? You know, okay, I, I believe the basics of Christianity in the Apostles' Creed. How does that help me? And the answer at the very beginning of Lord's Day 23 was, in Christ, I am righteous before God, and I am an heir to life everlasting. It's a beautiful question. It's a beautiful answer. And then right after that, it says, well, well, how are you righteous? And I'm, I'm righteous by faith alone. And then we get into this, this question again. Well, what about your faith? Is it such a great faith? And, and the answer is, well, no, my faith is actually pretty weak most of the time, uh, but I'm not saved from my sins based on how strong my faith is or how weak my faith might be. Uh, my faith is in an object, a person, Jesus Christ. And Christ never changes and Christ is always sufficient. So you can see how this has been building, 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 building. And now we're at Lord's Day 25. And this is a a really, really important question. It's true. Faith is what makes us united to Jesus Christ. And by faith, we are saved from our sins. But where does this faith come from? Is it something that's inside of you that you're able to manufacture? Or is it something that's given to you? Now, maybe to some of you, these questions might seem a little bit obvious. Uh, At least the answers, it, it might seem like a silly conversation to have. Even kids might know that kid's song, you know, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. And actually today, you reflect on your own life. I wonder how many of you uh, would say that your lives would demonstrate that you believe that your faith is created and strengthened through reading your Bible every day and praying. How does faith grow? How do you get faith? Is it just through a certain process? Is it because you grow up in a Christian family, maybe? Is it because you regularly attend worship services? Is it because you regularly read your Bible? Is it like a formula? You input the right variables and the outcome is faith. Or is it the other way around? Is faith sort of unpredictable? Is it like a lightning bolt and it really doesn't matter what you're doing and, you know, just in the blink of an eye, suddenly you have faith. 
the Reformation adopted a position. So although God is is not bound to any particular means or channels, he does, as a rule, work faith, whether he creates faith or he strengthens faith, through particular means. And the Word of God speaks about this frequently, and it says that God does this through the Word and through the sacraments. And if you take a look at Lord's Day 25, that's what you'll see in that first question and answer there. Since then, faith alone makes us share in Christ and all his benefits. Where does this faith come from? And the answer is from the Holy Spirit, who works it in our hearts by the preaching of the gospel and strengthens it by the use of the sacraments. So let's take a look at the Spirit's ordinary means of grace, uh, the word and the sacraments. Now it's clear uh, from the Bible that the word of God is both powerful and effective. Uh, And when we think of the word of God, we, we could actually think more broadly than just the Bible or, or preaching. And what do I mean by that? Well, we can turn back to the very first chapter of the Bible. We can look at Genesis chapter 1. And in Genesis chapter 1, we find the, the creation account where God creates everything out of nothing. And there's a refrain that we hear every single time on every single one of these days in the first week of creation. And God said. And God said. Every time God spoke, something came into existence for the very first time. And then if we flip ahead in our Bibles again, and we turn to Hebrews chapter 11, we find what is called the heroes of faith. But at the very beginning of of Hebrews 11, uh, the author of Hebrews defines what faith is, much like Lord's Day 7 does. But what's so fascinating about this is not only does he define faith, but he points back to creation, uh, creation from nothing. Look what it says in in Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Again, God's word is powerful. God's word is effective. Isaiah 53 verse 11 uh, speaks about God's word in this way. The prophet Isaiah says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Well, this was also made abundantly clear when the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, uh, conducted his earthly ministry. He spoke and things happened. Think about uh, Mark 4, verse 39. Jesus spoke and stilled the raging sea. Matthew 9, verse 6. Jesus spoke and cast out demons. Matthew 8, verse 16. Jesus spoke and healed the sick. John 11, Jesus spoke, and he raised the dead to life. In other words, throughout history, whether we're speaking about creation or speaking about redemption, God's word is powerful and effective. Now, we can say the same thing about the Bible. The Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Bible is powerful 
the Bible is effective in that God the Holy Spirit works through this word to create and to confirm faith. Christians are people of the book. We are people of the word. Now there are pictures of this happening throughout world history. This has happened to me, this has happened to you if you believe in Jesus Christ. Again, we can go to Acts chapter 16. We can think of this story where the Apostle Paul is is preaching, and there's a woman named Lydia, and we read in Acts chapter 16, and the Lord opened her heart to receive the message. So then, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Now maybe as you're sitting here, and you're listening to me talk about these things, you're thinking, okay, I get it. It, it makes sense. You, you don't need to keep going on and on about these things. But just bear with me for a moment because I, I think it's something that bears repeating. You know, human nature is human nature. And we can become bored of the mundane and the ordinary. And very quickly we look to other things to liven our faith, uh, to excite us in our spiritual walk. And we look away from the ordinary means of grace that the Spirit uses to work faith. We, we have difficulty trusting God's wisdom. Well, isn't that what we see in, in our own lives when we, when we leave the word behind, when we're struggling in our faith? We're not reading the word. We, we're looking to, to all sorts of Instagram posts and a quote here and a quote there or a video here or a walk in nature. And those things aren't bad in and of themselves, but they are not a substitute for the word of God. Uh, just think of so many modern worship services. We're supposed to be people of the word, and yet the ministry of the word is becoming less and less within the liturgy. And there's so much other stuff that's been added to the worship service. We are people of the Word. Why is the Word of God so important? Why is preaching so central to the ministry that Timothy was to conduct in the church of Ephesus? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Because of what the Word is. What does it say? All Scripture from Genesis to Revelation is breathed out by God, is inspired by God and profitable, useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God and the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This is the wisdom of God. And this is how God ordinarily works faith in every single believer. And this is how God ordinarily strengthens faith in every single believer. This is his primary means of grace. But he gives more grace. And we're going to look at that very briefly. We're not going to delve too deeply into this. But this is the secondary means of grace. There's the preaching of the word, and then there are the sacraments. Well, what are the sacraments? And this is an important question. They are holy, visible signs and seals. They were instituted by God so that by their use he might more fully declare and seal to us the promise of the gospel. And this is the promise that God graciously grants us forgiveness of sins and everlasting life because of the one sacrifice of Christ accomplished on the cross. Are both the word and the sacraments intended to focus our faith on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as the only ground for our salvation? Yes, indeed. The Holy Spirit teaches us in the gospel and assures us by the sacraments that our entire salvation rests on Christ's one sacrifice for us on the cross. How many sacraments has Christ instituted in the new covenant? Two, holy baptism and the holy supper. 
Now, as you look at those, you can see how the authors of the Catechism wanted to demonstrate that the sacraments don't take the primary place as a means of grace. It's the Word, and the sacraments support the Word. The Word is primary, the sacraments support it. In fact, when you look at what the sacraments do in this Lord's Day, you'll see they point to exactly the same thing that the Word has already been pointing to all along. The promise of forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. They are signs and seals, they are pictures of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are intended to strengthen our faith. And Christ gives these to us in an act of grace, and he understands that we are weak and we are prone to wander. So in addition to the word, he gives us these ordinances, these sacraments of holy supper and holy baptism. We are not left without resources. We are not left without the means of grace. This is in God's mysterious wisdom. And so let's not be wiser than God. Let's eagerly use these means of grace that the Spirit uses to create faith and to work faith. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace and we thank you for your grace to us in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you give us your word. We pray that you will continue to fill us with your spirit, that you will continue to fill us with a desire to open your word, to study your word, to know you better and more fully. And we pray that you will use us and the good works that you give us to do, but we also pray that you will use them to transform hearts and to work faith where there was none before. Father, we pray all of this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 